Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanlist podcast. After um, a, a little breakout, I think uh, just over a week since we did our last one uh, because of various reasons, but uh, we will be today uh, reacting to last week's three tournaments uh, in Hamburg, Newport and Bastad, and then looking ahead. Uh, well, I say ahead, the tournaments this week have already started, but uh, looking ahead down the, the potential routes uh, for them. Uh, I'm Michael Gillett, as always. Uh, Marcus Ali is joining me on this very hot day. Uh, how are you, Marcus? I'm very well, thanks. Good morning, everyone. Um, actually, it's afternoon, just six minutes into the afternoon as, as we are recording this one. But yeah, no rest for the wicked. I'm looking forward to yeah reacting to three tournaments and then getting my predictions out of the way for the next three. Well, excellent. Without uh, much else uh, before, we'll just uh, go straight in to Hamburg, uh, which was the clay court tournament. Um, one of two clay court tournaments actually played uh, last week. Um, Pablo Guerrero Buster winning the title, having a fantastic year, the, the second seed, uh, beating Filip Korinovic uh, in the final, 6-2, 6-4. Quite surprised to see Korinovic make this final. He was... Uh, uh, just one win from his last six matches before that, uh, before that tournament in Hamburg. Uh, so really good week for him. He beat the number one seed, Stefan Sitsipas. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later, uh, but we'll look at the winner, uh, Krenny Buster, second seed. This is sixth career title, which surprises me. I feel like Krenny Buster should have more than six titles, um, but it is only a sixth. Uh, he's up two places to 11th in the rankings, which is one off of his career high of 10, uh, which got a few years ago now. Um, I, I, I think it'll be a real goal for him to uh, to try and beat that 10 career high. I, I think he could do it uh, plausibly. Um, really good week for him. Beat uh, Taberna, Lajevic, Delbonis and Krajinovic all in straight sets. Um, didn't drop a set. That's four pretty handy clay court players to be honest um I really wouldn't have expected to see him get through all of them in in really comfortable fashion but he did um so yeah word on Pablo Cunha I know you did a little bit of digging on him uh, the other week Marcus and you pulled up his losses this year and and there's there's none in there that that surprised you at all he's having a really good year yeah, real, um, real classy operator is is Pablo Corona Buster having such a solid year at the age of thirty. Sometimes we see players go sort of one of two ways, but it's definitely been, you know, on the up for Corona Buster. Um, those those wins for him to do them in in such such straightforward fashion are, are really really impressive. Yeah, I've just just found these losses of the year that um, I spoke to you uh, sort of amidst his run to the Hamburg title. Uh, you've got Sam Query on a grass court and uh, Federico Del Bonis on a clay court, the two lowest ranked players. But I think we know that those players, when they're in the zone, when they're on the day, those on their favourite surfaces are, are very tough opponents. And then the other six defeats are Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Nadal, Kasparud, Martin Fuchovic and Grigor Dimitrov, which is, you know, six players, four of them comfortably uh, inside the top 10, you'd say uh, Kasparud coming on a clay court also. And then, yeah, Martin Fuchovic and Grigor Dimitrov, two players that we know that when, when they bring their best form, they're easily top 20 players. So, yeah, Pablo Carreno Busta have been one of the most consistent players on the tour this year. He's uh, th number 13 
in the ATP singles race. So you never know. There's still a little pipe dream that you could potentially uh, break into that top eight. We've got some uh, hard court masters coming up. And of course, the US Open is favourite Grand Slam where he's made two semifinals there. So I wouldn't rule him out of uh, making a, a little dart into that uh, ATP Tour finals conversation towards the end of the year. But no, a, a really outstanding week for him. Um, on to Philip Grudinovic, and he really needed this one. It was it was a timely run. I think his, his rankings kind of been slipping away, back up to thirty four with this week. And yeah, he got some excellent wins. Laszlo Gero stands out as well, a, a really solid clay quarter um, who he beat in in the semi final. And of course, Stefanos Tsitsipas. What a result that was. Um, so yeah, Krajinovic tends to be a player that I think we do notice a little bit more in the sort of. Uh, second second half of the season um you know now he's 29 just one year uh younger than Carreno Buster so yeah he's, he's looking to to continue his level um yeah not not having the best year but as I say you know in a 500 tournament to make a run to the final is it, really positive for him and um yeah obviously the win over Sitsipas stands out probably one of the biggest of his career uh, yes, yeah, no, um, really, really good to see uh, Krajinovic having a good week. Came into this tournament as the sixth seed, but I think no one really would have taken him too seriously as a seeded player in this draw. I mean, I've, I'm fairly certain in our predictions, I had him to go out first round to, to Daniel Altmaier, who, who he beat, uh, got through Altmaier, Cole Schreiber and Sitzpass all in three sets, so really grinded them out. And that was all before beating Jero uh, in, in straight sets. So, yeah, really good week for him. Um, let's talk about Sitsipas just very quickly. Um, I know, obviously, Hamburg, it, it's not the biggest tournament he's going to be playing this year. So, you know, it's, it's not his priority. But if you look at that um, um, Ronald Garros final, uh, two sets up against Djokovic, nearly winning his first Grand Slam final. It gets snapped away from him by, by Djokovic. Then goes to Wimbledon, uh, doesn't win a set against Francis Tiafo in the first round. Beats Dominic Kopfer here in Hamburg, which actually is a good win. To be fair, Kopfer's been playing well recently. Uh, but but then loses to Krajinovic, who, yes, has had a good week, but I, it's not really a match Sitsipas should be losing. I think, so what's that? Since being two sets up against Djokovic, uh, the the guy uh, has, has only won one match uh, since uh, losing two matches that uh, he really should have won, TFO being the first round at Wimbledon. I, I, I mean, maybe shouldn't ask, are we worried about him? Because I think it's probably a little bit too early to say, but um, I think you would probably agree this is really, really disappointing to see from the Greek, having lost that final from such a close position uh, and, and to not really be able to bounce straight back with a, a, a big response. Yeah, definitely a, a bit of a hangover um, since since the French Open for Sitsipas. No, I'm not. I'm not good, too concerned. You know, world number four, 22 years old, is still excellent. He's still right in line to be challenging for slams. Um, and I, I think we we should be feeling positive about him for the U.S. Open. Um, hopefully, you know, he can he can turn this difficult run around. Um, and yeah, just just get his preparation right. Obviously, Krajinovic is a good player on his day. It's not the worst loss. It's not outrageous. Um, we saw Daniil Medvedev lose to Dusan Lajevic on a hard court, I think possibly in, in Rotterdam, um, straight after he uh, got to the Australian Open final, which was, you know, a bit of a surprise. We saw a little dip there. So I, I don't think this is too different to that. Um, you know, we didn't read in, into it that much when it happened to Medvedev. So, I, you know, I don't think we should with Sitsipas. It's disappointed. I thought, you know, in the field, 
the the draw that was there in Hamburg, it was a great opportunity for to go and get 500 points. Um, and just, yeah, just put that French Open defeat to the back of his mind. He wasn't able to take that, but um, I, I think in the, in the coming weeks, we should definitely see him, see him, um, yeah, right these wrongs. Yeah, for sure. As I say, uh, Hamburg, of course, not going to be the, the biggest priority on his mind. He'll be definitely looking forward to these Masters events uh, and, and US Open. Coming up, I'm, I'm not, I think he is playing the Olympics. It's, I'm not sure. Um, might be wrong, but uh you know, obviously got much bigger priorities even without the Olympics if he's not playing uh, to focus on. Um, let's move on to Newport, uh, the Hall of Fame Championships, uh, the last grass court tournament of the year. Uh, Kevin Anderson was the winner, 7-6, 6-4 in the final against Jensen Brooksby, um, a sort of a new player uh, to talk about. I don't think we've ever really talked about him on the podcast before. Um, he obviously got to the final, uh, had a brilliant week, uh, beating Evgeny Donskoy. Uh, Kudler uh, is a really good win. He's been playing very well recently on the grass. Um, gotcha. I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. I'm going to ask Marcus to step in for me. Peter Goyovchik. Go, oh, Goyovchik, that was it. I knew it was quite easy when you got it. I just always forget how to say it. Um uh, Jordan Thompson in straight sets as well in the semi-final. Uh, this this 20-year-old American, uh, he started the year ranked 307th in the world and uh, now up to 126, as I say. Really, really good week for him. Um, we'll go on to him after. Let's obviously give Anderson his credit. It's actually Anderson's first ever grass court title, which really surprises me in some respects. But then again, there are so few grass court tournaments. I mean, if you, if you have more grass court tournaments, he would have won a lot of them. Um, seventh title in total. Again, I feel like Kevin Anderson should, should have more titles than that. Uh, beating Ilya Marchenko, um, Offner of Austria, Jack Sock and Alexander Bublik. So uh, a really good week for Kevin Anderson, the former Wimbledon finalist, uh, still finding that big serve on the grass. Um, yeah, Marcus, I'll, I'll pass you a word on Anderson, but then uh, on, on Jensen Brooksby, a player who looks really exciting. He only dropped three games to uh, go go Jobczyk, uh in that match, and he's won three challenger titles in, in 2021. So uh, the, the guy's looking really, really good, and he sort of almost escaped my notice a little bit. Yeah, despite um, Anderson, I think, being a wild card into the event, um, obviously the win takes him right back into the top 100 now at 74 I had gone for Bublik to take the title um, just through that he'd been playing more often. I thought he was just coming into it in better shape. But after that, I would have said Kevin Anderson. I think I had him to, to the semi-final. So it's not a surprise to see him go on and win this one. Obviously, Bublik in the semi-final is possibly the, the most high-profile win of the week. So, yeah, good to see Anderson. You know, a quality player has had his injury issues in his late 30s since making those couple of Grand Slam finals. Um, so, yeah, good player. We'll be, see, we'll be interesting to see how he gets on in, in the hardcore swing coming up, leading into the, the US Open, of course. Um, but on to Jensen Brixby. What a week. Um, that straight sets win in the semi-final over Jordan Thompson really stands out as well. Uh, 20 years old, world 126. I'd expect him to be comfortably inside the top 100 by the end of the year. Um, he first came out, I think he was 18. I'm, I'm not 100% sure of the year, but he beat Thomas Burditch when he was on the way down at, at the US Open, probably getting into the tournament as a wild card, I'd imagine. Uh, and then he actually decided to go back to college um, and do some studying for a year or so before coming back and absolutely slamming through the Challenger Tour this year. Um, 
you know, I'm not sure what his year-to-date ranking is, but I assume it's it's particularly high considering, um, you know, you know the the new ranking system sort of making it a bit more difficult for him to progress through the rankings as quickly as maybe it would have been uh, before. So yeah, no, really encouraging week for Jensen Brooksby. Of course, I spoke about the Jordan Thompson win, but the Dennis Kudler win was outstanding as well. Uh, three sets, you know, Kudler's had. Uh, an amazing grass court season. I picked him to get to the final. He beat Alejandro Davidovich Fokina at Wimbledon. So that really was a standout win. That was an arrival. And I don't even think Brooksby's played that much grass court tennis before this tournament. Um, I don't think he was involved in Wimbledon. I think he might have lost in qualifying. Um, So yeah, definitely a name for the future. I think the Americans are going to be very excited about this man. They've got Sebastian Corda having an amazing year, breaking into the top 50 at 20 or 21 years old, well, maybe the Brooksby is the next cab off the rank in that regard. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I still haven't seen much of Brooksby play, so I, I can pass too much judgment on this. But the guy, uh, six foot four, I believe, is a big guy. Uh, that instantly indicates that potentially could be suited to a grass court game. Um, and, and this week, of course, shows uh, some, some really good form. Uh, and I like the fact uh, that he's played a lot of challenger tennis. I think we see a lot of the, the youngsters getting wild cards, jumping kind of straight up to um, the, the main tour tennis. Whereas Brooksby, I think that's why we haven't spoken about him much on the pod, because he's always playing challenger and we don't really talk much about the challenger events. Um, so, yeah, it's really nice to see him make that progression up. I'm fairly certain we'll be seeing him uh, at these Masters events coming up and, and you'd assume there'll be a wild card at the US Open uh, for him. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be really good to see how he can he can fare and get on. As I say, a player that I still haven't really been able to, to watch so much of. So I'll be looking forward to watching him. Um, hopefully not just, you know, a huge server. I'm, I'm not aware uh, if he's a big server or not. Um but yeah, no, fair play to him. We'll move on uh, to the last tournament uh, from last week, uh, Bastad in Sweden. Um, has someone ever won a title on the tennis tour with, with a, being able to exert as least effort as Kasper Ruud was able to do this week? That because he won his matches in very, very easy fashion. Uh, also got a walkover along the way. He beat Federico Correa. 6-3, 6-3 in the final. Correa making his first ATP Tour final uh, at the age of 29. Uh, so a really good week for him. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to him. But Casper uh, Ruud, 22 years old. Uh, third title now. Up to a career high of 14. So he's knocking on the door of that top 10. Uh, second title of the year. Beat Holger Rune, the exciting youngster. 6-2, 6 love in his first match. Uh, really wasn't messing about there. Walk over against uh, Larkson and um, not sure of the reasoning of, of his pulling out, presumably injury. Um, and then uh, Roberto Carbea's Buena 6-1-6-4 in the semi-final before 6-3-6-3 against uh, Federico Correa. So, I mean, uh, a, a good week for Rude, you know, played some, some great tennis and uh, was looking really, really convincing, especially with those score lines. With no disrespect to him, I'm not going to I'm not going to take too much from it in the sense that uh, he he did only end up having to win three matches, uh, and it doesn't uh, there were there were no matches there that I would have expected him to drop a set. To be honest, perhaps Cabrera's Buena, uh, you know, could have pushed him a bit, but um, 
Yeah, and, and Federico Correa, uh, we'll move on to him. Um, four really good wins, uh, Francisco Serendolo, uh, Marco Cecchinato in, in three sets and Christian Garin in three sets. Two fantastic wins uh, for him to get a lot of respect. To, to beat Garin at, at this level as well, Garin does love winning a, a clay court 250. Um, and then Hampman in straight sets in the semi-final, really impressive from the 29-year-old. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, I can't really say that I think he was having a particularly great year. I have, I haven't, uh, don't remember seeing his name too much as, as doing big things this year, but uh, a great week for the 29 year old, up to a career high of, of 62 after his first uh career final. But yeah, uh, a word on 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 Casper Ruud and uh, how uh, little effort he had to put in uh, this week. Yeah, Correa, the highest player, highest ranked player that he had to play in the tournament. He's gone up to a career high 62, as you mentioned, but I think he was in the late 70s um, during the tournament. So, yeah, pretty straightforward for Rude. He was off like a jet. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking Carbiez Boehner, maybe one of the tougher matches of the tournament after he'd beaten um, Fabio Fonini. And then he just rattles off the first set 6-1 um, and then gets it done. I think it was four love up in the first set against Correa before getting it done 6-3. Um, so, yeah. Impressive from Rude, but no less than I think we were really expecting. Fair play to Correa. You know, he makes no bones about it. He loves clay courts and isn't really fussed about uh, trying anywhere else. You know, he's 29 now. He knows where his strengths lie. Um, even in preparation for Wimbledon, he, he was playing a clay court challenger the week before it rather than any sort of grass court event. And then he went to Wimbledon, lost in the first round. Um, so, yeah, this is the kind of event that, that Correa can can thrive in, obviously comes into it in great nick. Yeah, the win over Christian Garin probably stands out as, as one of the best of his career, a top 20 player. That is really an outstanding win. I think on this sort of clay court 250 circuit, Correa is going to be a name that we're going to be see uh, knocking about for, for probably the next couple of years. Um, definitely the best year of his career, though. You mentioned that, you know, he hasn't seemed to be much... Uh, much uh, sort of achievements to note before this week, but um, you know he's ticking along nicely at 29. He's he's at the peak of his career. If he can keep travelling players as, as sort of adept on a clay court as Christian Garin, then then you never know. He might might be able to to push that ranking up a little bit. You know, if you see Dale Bonis break into the world's top 50 this year purely off clay court form, you'd probably say. Um, so maybe that's that's a goal that that, that he could have. Uh, Rude up to 14 in the world. I think he's 10 in the, the singles race. I just had a look. I think it was around 10. Uh, so that could be interesting to see how he gets on, particularly on those hard courts. But yeah, no, a fun little tournament in Bastad. Um, but yeah, no trouble at all, really, for Kasper Rude. Yeah, and I believe Casper uh, Ruud playing this week as well. Uh, I think that might be uh, Gestad that is in, or maybe, yeah, Gestad is in. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to get a, a little bit more tennis uh, on this week. So we'll move on to uh, this week's um, three tournaments. Uh, they come from uh, Mexico, I think, Los Cabos. Um, the Probably the latest tournament uh, of the year in terms of uh, times when the matches begin in terms of English time. Uh, they're always all after midnight. Uh, the other one that does that is uh, Acapulco, also in Mexico. They, 
they do like to uh, keep us awake. Not that I'm going to be getting up at one in the morning to watch these matches. But uh, Cam Norrie, the top seed uh, at this event. Uh, interestingly, after um, uh, Dan Evans had to pull out of the Olympics, uh, Liam Brody has, has entered the team. I don't know if that's because Cam Norrie's already committed to, to playing this tournament in Mexico this week. And I, I believe the Olympics start next week, possibly. Um, I don't even know. Uh, but yeah, so Cam Norrie topping the draw. John Isner, uh, the second seed. Uh, big, there's, there's a few big servers knocking about in this tournament. Uh, Sam Query, Ivo Karlovic still going at the age of, I don't know, 75. Um, and uh, 42, I'm getting confirmation of. Um, not far off 75. Uh, we'll go through our predicted quarterfinals as usual. Uh, top one got Cam Norrie to beat Mackenzie McDonald, um, the, the ape seed, uh, having a decent year, the American. Uh, Norrie uh, going to come for against Ebden uh, before that and uh, McDonald Kudler, who's already beaten Kokinakis. Um, second semi final got an all American lineup between Taylor Fritz, the third seed. Uh, and Steve Johnson, the, the sixth seed. I feel like with both of these players, I kind of wanted to find excuses to put them to go out before the semi-final, um, but couldn't really find them. It's, it's not the strongest little quarter of the draw. Um, Alexander Sarkissian, uh, a name that I'd kind of completely forgotten. I was looking him up the other day. He hasn't played much tennis at all recently. Uh, it, one of his last tournaments was the exhibition tournaments when they were doing them through COVID, so presumably uh, um, injuries. He's qualified, though, for this week. He'll face uh, Yashutaka Uchiyama in the first round. Uh, third quarterfinal, I've got Jordan Thompson um, to face the young Brandon Nakashima, uh, who already has beaten JJ Wolf, um, who and, and then I've got him to beat Sam Query in the second round. That'll be a a big win for the youngster Nakashima, but uh, I, I do feel Query is there for the taking at the moment. Um, and the fourth quarter final, uh, I've gone for Alex Bolt uh, to face John Isner. Uh, then just looking ahead, I have got Cam Norrie top seed to face second seed John Isner in the final and Cam Norrie to continue his brilliant year uh, and, and take the title. Marcus, uh, what, what are you saying? A fairly similar, actually. Um, yeah, Cam Norrie, Mackenzie McDonald at the top of the draw. Fritz Johnson, just the same as you. I think you might have done Fritz a little bit of a disservice talking down that little part of the draw. Obviously coming back from an operation, but I think, you know, he's, a, he's an excellent player uh, at this level. I think he's probably got a title under his arm, at least one. Um, so I think this is probably an opportunity for Fritz, depending how he is physically. Uh, I've gotten to the semi-final, um, but to lose out to Cameron Norrie in the end. Third quarter final, I envy your uh, courage to pick Brandon Nakashima. I think in light of Jensen Brooksby's success last week, I think this could be a, a big week for the 19-year-old. If he can get past Sam Query, I think the draw might open up quite nicely for him. But I have got Query to, to beat him and face Jordan Thompson in that quarter final. And then I did have Andreas Seppi, but he went out to uh, Alex Bolt last night uh, to face John Isner. It would have been a 37 versus 36-year-old quarter final. Um, but yeah, that that's not going to come to pass. Maybe, maybe thankfully. Um, just to 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 go to my winner, I've got Cameron Norrie to win his first uh, ATP Tour title. I think he's 
been to two finals, possibly possibly even three. And I've got him to face Jordan Thompson there, who I've got to beat Sam Querrey and John Isner, uh, the big servers. I think Thompson has been having a, a bit of a slow year, but has been threatening to make a run. And I think this could happen um, in Los Cabos. Uh, obviously, getting to the semi-final of Newport last week, part, you know, uh, it was a different surface, but I think hopefully he can take that form into this week. But yeah, I'd, I'd maybe look out for Taylor Fritz and Brand, Brandon Nakashima potentially to spoil the party, but Norrie to beat Thompson in the final for me. Yeah, uh, Cam Norrie actually been in four finals, uh, three of them this year, including, of course, that Queen's final. Um, then two finals on, on clay this year as well. Definitely one of the best players uh, in the world not to have won a title. So I think this will be a really good uh, event for him. I know in uh, in uh, interviews before I've seen with him, he, he said uh, how much he enjoys playing Acapulco in Mexico. I think he described it as his favourite tournament. Uh, in, in an interview I, I saw with him. Uh, so I'm assuming he likes Los Cabos as well, uh, with it with it also being in Mexico. Um, obviously, probably likes the conditions out there. Um, we'll move on to the second tournament, uh, to the clay courts uh, of Croatia. Um, Umag. Um, lots of good clay courters playing uh, this event. Lots of Spaniards, actually. Yeah, this draw is packed with Spaniards. Uh, Albert Ramos Renolas, uh, the top seed. Second seed, you've got Dusan Lajevic. Uh, you've also got the likes of the young, exciting Carlos Alcaraz, uh, Alias Bedene of Korinovic playing this week uh, again, and Richard Gasquet at the fourth seed. Um, I'll give you my quarterfinals. Uh, got an all Spanish uh, lineup in the first one with Albert Ramos to face Carlos Tabana. Uh, who was very convincing in his win yesterday uh, against uh, Serdarusevic, um, the wild card, 6-2-6-2. Um, and uh, I've got him to beat Trevalier, who uh, I got to uh, beat Jaime Munar in the first round, a little upset there for the sixth seed. But he's having a, a pretty torrid year, to be honest, Munar. Um, he's not been doing great recently. Uh, the second quarterfinal, I've got Radu Albot. Uh, to face Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, Albot uh, came through against uh, Holger Rune yesterday and I've got him to beat Krajinovic more. Um, just, I know Krajinovic has had uh, injury problems throughout his career, so just, just wondering if he might not have the, the staying power uh, to get past Radu Albot. I've got Albot to face Alcaraz, as I say, um, who I've got to come through against Luca Puy and Andre Martin. Uh, and the second quarter for uh, sorry the third quarter final got Marco Cecchinato against Richard Gasquet. Um, got Cecchinato all the way to the final actually, but he has got a very tough first round against uh, Alias Bedene, uh, the former Brit, who's also a very good player, not to have a title. Um, so that pick uh, for Cecchinato to the final might get completely busted today. It's probably might even be going on now that match. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so maybe by the time this goes out, you'll know the winner of that. Um, so yeah, got him to face Gasquet. And then the last quarterfinal, uh, Quarantine Mute, I picked uh, to get for a, a tough little section, uh, playing a qualifier and then uh, either Jean-Luc Magere or Martinez Portero, both good players on clay. Uh, and I've got Mute to face Dusan Lajevic. I have actually got Mute to win that quarterfinal. I've gone 
bit of a risk uh, going for a semi-final of Chechenato Mute when they both got quite tough draws. Um, but I have got Ramos Vinales to win the whole thing, beat uh, the the young Alcaraz in, in the semi-final uh, and, and then go on to beat Chechenato in the final. Mark as well. Uh, some similarities, some differences. I did go for Halme Munar to make the top quarter final, obviously losing for Travalia yesterday. So kudos to you for, for picking that. Um, but I expect Tabana to, to make that quarterfinal now uh, to face Albert Ramos. I'd also gone for Holger Rune, who lost to Radu Albot to make the quarterfinal to set up a 18-year-old versus 18-year-old quarterfinal. Um, but yeah, Radu Albot, I think, could maybe have the, the energy to get past Krajinovic and, and make it there to face Carlos Alcaraz. He's actually favourite for the tournament with the bookies, which I was quite surprised to see, Alcaraz. Um, yeah, got him to beat Luca Puy and Andres Martin, just the same as you. Uh, third quarter final. This is where I throw a little spanner in. I've got Marco Cecchinato, same as you, to come through Ali Ashbedne and Demir Juma. But I've got him to face the qualifier Alessandro Gianessi, the world number 177, a 31-year-old clay court grinder. Uh, he's got Yuri Vesely in the first round and then potentially Richard Gasquet in the second. Uh, so, yeah, a bit of a surprise in there. And then the bottom of the draw, same as you. Krontan Mute versus Dusan Lajevic. I think uh, Benabe Zapata-Marias could be a, a difficult second round match for Lajevic if you can come through the test against Pablo Cuevas in the first round. Obviously, Mute has been on some poor form, but I think if he can bring his best game, he's quite an up and down player. If he can bring his best game, he's definitely got an opportunity this week. Um, and Altmaier and Pedro Martinez are, are tricky introductory matches to the tournament, but I think Mute could just have enough there. Um, I've actually got Dusan Lajevic to win the tournament. A uh, bit of a surprise. He's not having a great year. I think he might have built a little bit of momentum in Hamburg last year. Um, went out to the eventual champion, Pablo Carana Busta. Beat Alex Molkan along the way. Um, also Luca Pui. So not the most high-profile wins, but Molkan's having a decent year. Um, and I just think maybe Lajevic can click into gear this week. It's a very open tournament, this one. Um, obviously, you've got Ramos, the top seed, one Estoril already this year. But yeah, that's probably why people are... I think in the Alcaraz, it, it, the stage is set for him to make his first huge run, uh, maybe to his first ATP Tour final. But I think Dusan Lajevic for me, uh, I've got him to beat Ramos Vinolas in the final. Yeah, I must say that Lajevic uh, pick did surprise me a little bit um, with, with the year he's having. But, you know, these sorts of tournaments do always throw up upsets. And we only, we, we've only just seen it with Karinovic last week, uh, having, uh, you know, some poor form. And then you can get a couple of wins together. It completely changes your fortunes. Um, you know, one win, one point can change so much. Um, unfortunately, uh, I missed on Tennis Draw Challenge uh, doing the Gustav picks in time. That never happens, never miss a tournament, but a busy weekend this week. And uh, um, unfortunately, missed the deadline for this one. But I'm just looking at the draw now. Um, and I can just sort of make shift and, 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 and do my quarterfinals. I would go for the top one. Um, Shapovalov is surely going to make the quarterfinal. Um, I mean, this this Kopriva, uh, the Czech qualifier, came through his first round match very comfortably against a, a Swiss wildcard. Um, could be a tough match actually for Shapovalov. Kopriva's been playing well on the Challenger Tour, and Shapovalov, of course, not um, at home on, on the clay as much as, as other surfaces. Um, but I still expect Shapovalov to, to get through him. But that'll be, that'll be a big win for Copriva if he, he could pull it off. Uh, let's say Shapovalov to face Mikel Ima. Um, he'll be facing Feliciano Lopez, who I'm just seeing now uh, 
won yesterday in a third set and uh, Mark andrea Huesta, the Swiss player, had to retire at uh, 6-5 down in a third set. I'm not sure what the circumstances are around that. I don't know if you know, Marcus, um, but what a time to retire um, in a third set, 6-5 against Feliciano Lopez. Presumably he's, he's had a fall or something or, or he just couldn't take another game. Um, but yeah, um, so I'll go for Mikel Ema to face Shapov in the first one. Second one, Shorty Casper Rude. Uh, I'll go for in that little section. I'll probably go for Benoit Pair actually to make a quarterfinal. Uh, he's already won a match, not the best year for him, but good to see him getting some wins again. Uh, next quarterfinal, I'll go for Federico Del Bonis to face Christian Garin, uh, a very clay court specialist quarterfinal there. And then that final one, I will go for Laszlo Gere uh, to face. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go for Dominic Stricker, uh, the, the Swiss youngster. I think only 17 or 18, uh, home tournament, uh, and has looked really good. He beat Marin Cilic on clay earlier this year. Uh, so I reckon he's going to beat second seed Bautista Gu in the second round. Uh, so I'll, why not go for it? As I don't have the pressure of actually doing the draw because I've already missed it. Uh, I'll go for him to pull off a big upset. And then looking ahead, who do I think is going to win this tournament? Uh, probably Casper Ruud, I would say, uh, to beat maybe Del Bonis in the final, I'll say. Yeah, fair enough. Um, withdrawals have kind of messed me about in this tournament a little bit. I was conscious about how Kasparud is often very careful with his schedule and uh, his fitness. So I was kind of preempting that he'd pull out of this tournament. And so I had him to lose in, in the second round to Yannick Hanfman, who also ended up pulling out. Um, so, yeah, that's that scuppered me a little bit. At the top of the draw, I've got Denis Shapovalov. Um, I did have him to face Alex Molkan, who also withdrew. So I've ended up with lucky loser Enjo Kuasald to um, make the, the quarterfinal. We lost to Michele Mayer yesterday. Uh, but yeah, I'll be cheering on Imer to make that quarterfinal. Um, so yeah, Kasparud will probably beat Dennis Novak to make the quarterfinal. I'd imagine Novak, not a player too strong on the clay courts uh, to face Benoit Pair for me. Got him to beat uh, Juan Ignacio Londero, who plays Talon Greekspor um, in, in the first round. Could be an interesting match. Greekspor winning a challenger last week. I think Pear is just about getting into his groove now. He's played enough that he's he's starting to get his feel back. Um, and there was some highlight real tennis in his match against Joseph Kovalik yesterday. Third quarter final, Delbanese Garin, same as you. Got him to beat uh, Juan Manuel Thurundolo. Um in the second round. Garin to beat Pullmans, just as he did in Wimbledon. And then Jere Bautista Agut is my bottom um, quarterfinal. I've got Bautista Agut to get past Dominic Stricker. Um, and then my eventual final, I've got Denis Shapovalov to win what is probably his first ever title on a clay court against Federico Del Bonis in the final. Though that would be a tricky match if it, if it does come to pass. I think I've gone for Chapo mainly because, you know, I, I was concerned that Kasparud would possibly pull out of this event. Um, but obviously he's looking to maximise his points on his favourite surface. So, yeah, Rude is probably rightful uh, favourite for the title. But I've gone for Chapeau to beat Del Bonis in the final. OK, well, they are your tournaments for this week. Um, 
And I believe the week after might be back with the Masters. Uh, Toronto, I think, uh, is the week after. But then also, of course, there'll be the Olympics going on. So it's all going to be a, a, a bit crazy who's playing where. I know, obviously, Djokovic is committing to the Olympics and so is Federer. So we might actually see some... Uh, interesting masters winners uh, as as the sort of top players do look to be playing at the olympics um so yeah uh, that's pretty much uh all we've got today um we'll be back probably over the weekend uh to, to talk more about this week's tennis and um, preview whatever is coming up there is lots of tennis to, to come uh, never stops um Marcus, thank you very much for joining me. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, going to be a good few weeks as, as we build toward the US Open. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. See you later. Thank you very much for listening. Survive the heat wave and we'll see you next time.